I don't know if you've ever heard of a man uh, named Nicholas Ridley. Uh, you may recognize the name. He was um, a Christian man, a, a preacher, a pastor, who was uh, burned at the stake in 1555 uh, for his uh, preaching of Christ and uh, his belief in him. Um, and the story goes, whether it's true or not, I, I can't say for sure, uh, but the story goes that on the night of his, ex- or before his execution, his brother offered to remain with him in the prison cell uh, to be of assistance and comfort to him. Uh, but the story goes, Nicholas declined the offer, and he replied, that he meant to go to bed and sleep as quietly as he ever did in his life. That's wonderful, isn't it, to hear stories of that sort of courage. Uh, I wonder how many of us uh, would have that sort of fortitude and peace and calm knowing we were going to be burnt at the stake in the morning. But Ridley's attitude uh, to uh, that time in the prison cell was very different to the attitude of the apostles as we read it in this passage. I don't know if you noticed how our reading started. Uh, It started with the disciples of Christ huddled, fearful in an upper room. Uh, It says in verse 19... Uh, The same day at evening, that's the first Resurrection Sunday, uh, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus' disciples were terrified. They were afraid. They had the windows closed. They had the door locked. They were huddled, hiding in a secret room. We're told They were afraid because of the Jews, the Jews who had plotted to arrest and ultimately crucify their Lord and Master, to crucify Jesus Christ. And quite naturally, their fear was, are we next? Their Lord had gone, they'd seen him, well, they hadn't seen him because they'd run away, but he had been crucified on a cross, and they thought, They'll come for us next. If they killed the master, they'll soon come for his servants. They were terrified about what would happen next. Ultimately, they were bound by a fear of death. That's what they were afraid of. They were afraid that they might be next. I wonder about you this morning. Uh, I wonder if you also are bound by a fear of death. Uh, Now hopefully no one here is under the imminent threat of death like those apostles were. But you might be. Uh, Perhaps watching online there may be people and you do. Or you are faced with the prospect of death. 
sickness, illness, uh, bad news you've had recently. Uh, And the fear of death might be something very real to many this morning. But to be clear, I'm not asking when I say, are you afraid of death? I'm not asking, do you want to die? Because uh, nobody wants to die. Uh, all of us want to live, don't we? But there's a difference between wanting to live and being afraid to die. Uh, they are not the same thing. You can want to live, life, to live because you enjoy life and you enjoy all the wonderful things that life gives us and yet not be afraid of death. What I'm asking this morning is, are you afraid to die? Does that thought fill you with fear? Uh, if you want to know the difference, if you want to understand the difference between not wanting to die and being afraid of it, you just need to look at these apostles. Because uh, at the moment, in the passage, or at least at the beginning of the passage we're reading, we're looking at, they're afraid of death. They're terrified. They're huddled in their upper room. But if we fast forward a few weeks, we see a very different picture. Same city, same people, but instead of being huddled away locked away in fear, we see these same men and women women publicly on the streets of Jerusalem proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, publicly proclaiming his name to the same people who right now they are hiding away from. Here, they're afraid of death. Then, they're not. And it wasn't that they wanted to die then. It's not that they didn't have a death wish here and they did have a death wish then. Uh, The apostles didn't want to die even at Pentecost. We know this because they took steps to avoid death where they could, uh, where it was appropriate. Uh, If you read the book of Acts, you see many occasions where they slip away and they avoid death where they can because they didn't want to die. The difference was... They weren't afraid of it. They weren't afraid to face death. So you might ask, well, what was the difference? What made the change? What turned these scared, cowering, risk-averse people into bold, confident, courageous people willing to share Christ instead of hide him? Well, this passage gives us the answer. Uh, This passage tells us what changed. And there is no excuse uh, for any of us here this morning not to be interested in what the answer is. Uh, Because surely we all want to live that way, don't we? Don't we all want to live life without the fear of death? Uh, to live our life with that same bold confidence, not being scared constantly of the grave, 
being scared constantly that life might be snatched away from us. There's truly no greater gift than the gift of being able to look death in the face and not be afraid. Because the clearest symptom of someone who is living in terror of death, living in some, uh, of someone who is afraid to die, is that you see in their life that actually they're afraid to live. You say, well, what do I mean? Look at someone's life, and if you see someone who is constantly afraid of taking risks, who live their lives fenced in and cautious, terrified of making sacrifices because they say, well, I've only got one life to live. I don't want to give too much. I don't want to make too great a cost. I don't want to give too great a sacrifice because it might be too much and I might waste the life that I have. When you see someone like that, you see someone who is afraid to die because they're clinging to the life that they have and they're afraid to live their life, to give their life, to spend it for the good of others and for the glory of God. I wonder why you like that this morning. Are you afraid to die? And so are you afraid to live? Well, if that's you, in this passage... We're given the cure. In this passage, we're given the cure for the terror of death. So you should all be on the edge of your seats, Uh, whether you're watching online or whether you're uh, here in the building, Uh, whether you struggle with understanding the Bible sometimes, whether you find sermons normally boring. I apologize for that. But there's no excuse for that this morning because this is a problem and an issue for every single one of us. Death is coming down the pipe for each of us. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to face it with confidence, as these apostles were, at least later? So what changed them? What made the difference? What turned these scared, trembling people into confident people who could look death in the face? Well, let's read. Let's read on. And I'll read verse 19, but continue reading onwards. Uh, It says, Then, the same day evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst. Jesus came and stood in the midst. That's the answer. Jesus was what made the difference. If that's not clear enough, keep reading. It says, when he had, uh, it says, and Jesus stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his, his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They were scared. They were terrified. They were fearful. They were anxious. But then they saw the Lord, and they were glad. Jesus came, and he brought them peace. Jesus made the difference. Uh, It reminds me of a story which I've shared before, but I'll share it again. Uh, There was once a man who was terminally ill in hospital. 
and he was afraid. He was a believer, but he was scared because, obviously, death was a journey he had never walked before. He did not know what it was like on the other side, and so he turned to his doctor for comfort, and his doctor was also a believer. And he asked the doctor, what will it be like on the other side of death? And the doctor had to reply that he didn't know. He didn't know what that would be like. But just then, there was a scratching at the door, and the doctor crossed the room, and he opened the door, and the uh, doctor's pet dog leaped through the room, into the room, into the doctor's arms. And then the doctor had an answer for the dying man. Uh, he turned to the sick man lying on the bed, and he said to him, my dog has never been in this room before. He's never crossed, crossed that threshold. He had no idea what to expect, except he knew I was here. He knew his master was there. And so he could cross that, cross that threshold without any fear, because he knew his master was there. And it's the same for us. Uh, I don't know what it's like to go through death. I don't know exactly what it's like on the other side. But what I do know from what the Bible says is that Christ is there. Jesus is there. He died. He passed through death. And he came out through the other side. And he rose again. So anyone who trusts in him, anyone whose faith is in him, doesn't need to be afraid. Doesn't need to fear crossing that threshold. Because whatever we don't know, we know that Jesus is there. And these disciples, when they saw Jesus risen and alive, John could testify that they were glad. And their fear turned to joy. You know, uh, here this morning, what you think of Jesus... And what Jesus thinks of you, uh, your relationship with Jesus, is the single most important thing in your life. Uh, What your relationship to Christ is, is literally the difference between eternal life and eternal death. It makes all the difference whether we live life cowering, trembling in fear of the end, or whether we live lives of courage and joy in the safe expectation that where Christ has gone, he will take us safely. But we can go further than that. Uh, We can go further than that from this passage, because in these verses, Jesus explains why his resurrection is so crucial. Why his risen life means that we can face death with courage and even with joy. Now let me read on again. Verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, 
Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sight. Jesus brought them peace, and it says he showed them his hands and his sides, the wounds he had received in his crucifixion when they nailed him to the cross and when the soldier stabbed him in the side with the spear. And Jesus showed them his wounds. And those wounds were the key to the peace that he gave his disciples. Uh, Again, I've shared this story before, but it's one I couldn't think of anything better to explain what Christ is doing here. Uh, There was once a father and son uh, on a car journey, and they're driving through the countryside, content and happy, until suddenly the little boy hears a buzzing in the car, and he sees a big, fat bumblebee flying inside the confines of the car, and he's terrified. The little boy was absolutely petrified of being stung by a bee, and he yelled out in terror. But his father was calm, and his father, gripping the steering wheel with one hand, reached out with his other, and he grabbed the bee and gave a gentle squeeze. And the boy relaxed, relieved. But then the father released his hand, and the bee was still alive. It was still flying around the car, and the boy's terror returned. But then his father said, don't worry. Don't be afraid. It cannot harm you. I've taken its sting. And he held out his hand, and he showed in the center of his palm was the sting of the bee. And as we all know, a bee can only sting once. That bee, though still alive, could no longer bring any lasting harm to that boy. That's a wonderful picture of what Christ did for all who trust in him. Uh, When Jesus was nailed to the cross, when he received those wounds, Jesus was taking our sin on himself. Uh, The Bible describes sin as the sting of death. Uh, It's the thing which makes death terrifying. The reason why we fear death is because of all the skeletons that we have in our closets. Uh, This is why people who um, aren't religious all their life but suddenly come to face death and they call for a priest or they call for a pastor or they call for some religious figure Because they have guilt on their conscience. They have things which they regret and they don't want to face death with them still sitting on their conscience. They don't want to cross that river of death with that burden of guilt on their back. That's why the Bible describes sin as the sting of death. It's what makes death so terrifying. It's what makes death, not just death, but also the pathway to judgment. Because if any of us die still carrying our burden of sin, then we won't meet God as a loving father. We meet him as a righteous judge. And none of us can dare face him that way. 
But what the Bible teaches, what this gospel teaches, is that on the cross, Jesus took the sting of death. When he was nailed to that cross, our sin was nailed to that cross. Jesus took all the punishment, all the death we deserve on himself. Uh, That's why he said earlier in this gospel, just before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he told uh, Mary or Martha, I forget which it was, he said, if anyone believes on me, though they die, yet they will live. Anyone who believes in him, death is just like that bee harmlessly hovering around the car with its sting gone because Jesus has dealt with it. That's why Jesus could say to his disciples here, peace be with you. And he showed them his wounded hands. And they could live life with courage. They could live life with confidence. They could live life with joy because Christ had dealt with the very thing which makes death fearful. So let me leave you with that thought this morning. Is death fearful to you? It doesn't need to be. Again, none of us want to die. I hope all of us have many more years of life left to enjoy. But whether we have long or short, we do not need to be afraid of death because Jesus has taken his sting, its sting. And he has risen again so that we can face it with complete courage, even with joy, like Nicholas Ridley in that story I mentioned at the beginning. There's nothing worse than facing death still with our sin. But there's nothing better than facing, it di- facing death with the knowledge that your sin is gone, that it's forgiven, that it's been nailed to Christ's cross and it's buried with him. And we can look forward to a resurrection like his. And with those thoughts in mind, I've chosen as our last hymn, a hymn which expresses that exact thought, number 766. And as I know many people here know already, uh, this hymn was written by Horatio Spafford. And he wrote it in the midst of much grief and heartache. Uh, He wrote it while on a a voyage from, I think, from Britain to America. And it was after he'd heard the tragic news that his family or his children had been killed on a previous voyage, um, a maritime accident. And he'd heard this news that he had lost his children. And in his grief and in his heartache, he wrote this hymn, number 766, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So let's stand to sing in closing number 766.